When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Welcome in to the BMDR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Why is music playing? Is, is that normal? Do we normally do that? Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account on DraftKings Sportsbook to get amazing odds boosts every single day. I'm Ruto, joined by Blaze in studio and AJ phoning in from home, doing a bunch of good work at home. How's, how's the move coming along? I know you've been packing up boxes. Um, actually, I'm pretty much ready to rock. All right. Let's go. Yeah, it's mostly uh, it's mostly I'm trying not to get anybody sick. So yeah, I, yeah you yeah. got uh, you got sexy voice going on a little bit. Yeah, it comes in and out. I can't get it to stay. <laughs> I, need to, I need to cough. I need to cough it up more. So I've got the late night uh, the late night voice going on. Abs certainly feeling sexy today as they continue the home winning streak. I think they might have made it harder than they had to, but. They get the W at the end of the day, and that's what counts. Dr. Dubs in the house, Blaze. How'd you feel about things? Man, after the first period, I felt real good. Yeah? Then from there, uh, things kind of changed Less a little good. bit. Yeah. Less good. AJ, nope. AJ shaking his head. Nope. When they got to 2 nothing and they couldn't push it to 3, I was like, this is going to be a hockey game. You think yeah. so? I would have put money on it being 2-1 at the end of the second period, and then who knows after that. I, yep. But we've seen against good teams, we've seen them a number of times this year just really, really struggle to uh, to to find that third goal. Like, oh, no, a 2 nothing lead is so bad, right? But once you go into that, once you go into that locker room, the other team can kind of reset. They can feel good about themselves or less bad well, about themselves. And Minnesota comes out and scores a goal in the first 90 seconds of the yeah. second period, and you're like, okay, here we go. You, you, you could feel it coming a little bit, for sure. Uh, yeah. But let's go and, chronologically well, and then, here. And, and, then, and then they get like comically, comically, hilariously lucky along the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely true on that side. Uh, some of the bounces were silly. But, I mean... And let's be real, starting the first period, before the Avs even score their first goal, they rip two off the pipe, 
this game, you know, they needed to shoot better. Sure, they missed the goal by a couple inches, but very easy to see this game being 4 nothing after the first, yeah? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you understood what the Avs knew this game was for them, right? Like, this is one of those things where you have to come out and kind of show that you are the one seed in Central Division. Yeah. And yeah. they did. Like, Mac was up for the game, right? Like, he was flying from the start. Like, he wanted to make yeah. an impression. No doubt. Mac was moving all night long. Credit to him, for sure. And Yeah. You want a star player to step up in a game like this. Um, for my money, these are the two best teams in the in the division. Uh, and to see him play the way that he did today was really encouraging because he was he was really good. Yeah, chat. We know about the audio. We get, we're just making it work with AJ at home tonight. All right. Yeah, this is just the this is this is how it has to be if I'm going to be on the show from home. So it's the way it's going to go. You can live with it. Uh, <laughs> In any case, let's get back to it. The Avs get the five-on-three goal to start. You have to feel pretty pretty positive about them capitalizing on their special teams' chances there. The The second goal wasn't technically a power play goal, but they essentially scored two power play goals to, to get the first two on the board. Yeah, I mean, they came right off the power play, right? Was that when that second goal was scored? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, they're still riding high, having the extra man out on the ice, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I really, I have zero problems with the first period for Colorado. I thought they played extremely well. I thought they... They got a two-goal lead. Yes, it's not a three-goal lead, but you really can't have many complaints about that period. No, I mean, if if they come out and they if they come out and they've thrown up a, a third goal and got a three-nothing lead early in the second period, then like the minorest of nitpicks is done. Yeah, it's so. it's just that 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 next goal just in a two-nothing game for Colorado this year has been so so important. You are correct. It's it, it does often see the seem to be the difference between cruising to an easy victory and and let's face it, especially since the turn of the new year, the Avs have consistently let teams hang around. So it's yeah. I mean, they're going through a stretch where they're playing they're playing closer closer games. But yep. when we were talking about hey, they aren't going to continue to score seven. This is it. This is, yeah. this is a lot better than them going through a stretch where they only score two and lose three or four of these games. True enough. Yeah. And they moved to 8 0 oh, 1 in the new year. <laughs> they have a nine game point streak going. So, you know, I think just about every complaint you have is pretty nitpicky at this point for Colorado. Uh, yeah, it's times is good. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about the actual goals a little bit here. Um, first goal on the five on three. I mean, you're supposed to score on a five on three, right? <laughs> That's the, the, was it Granado or was it Quinville that said, if you don't score on the five Quinville. on three, it was Quinville. Yeah. Okay. You deserve to lose. Yep. Yeah. All right. So the Avs score on the five on three. I, I, on the whole, 
really loved the Avs' offensive zone passing in this hockey game. Where do you guys fall? Do the Avs need to finish better, or did Kakinen just play well tonight? I thought Kakinen was the first star of the game. Okay. He's the only he's the only reason that that game didn't get out of hand. He's the only reason that that game didn't end in overtime. He's the only reason that that game got to overtime. He's the only reason that Minnesota had a, a snowball's chance in hell to climb back into this thing. Because it really could have been. I mean, it really could have been 4 or 5 nothing at the end of the first period. And then you're, you're not having a conversation about the rest of that. The rest of that game, yeah, no. He, he was first star of the game in, in, for me. Yeah, I would agree with that take. Also thought that the Avs were passing the puck around really well in that first period, doing what they wanted, getting the looks that they wanted, and, you know, they they scored two goals. So, yep. got to be happy with that period. Oh, yeah. I don't – if you're not happy with the Avs' first period of this hockey game, you're never going to be happy watching this <laughs> hockey team. I don't, know what to, I don't know what else to tell you on that one. So. I will uh... – I will say that they've scored two goals on five on threes this week. And what you don't like is that both of them are off script. Sure. The, it, the first one is McKinnon taking a whiffed pass and then just going to the net and making and something And not up. getting covered. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one is a missed shot and Miko banking it off of a goaltender. But it was a deflected like, shot, wasn't it? Like, like you have, you have a... You know, in a five-on-three, you want to see, like, a nice passing play. You want to see him just cleanly beat a goalie, you know, something like that. Um, the five-on-three, five uh, they've scored twice on it, and that's the, the end result is what you care about, right? But of you would definitely love it to be a little cleaner because it doesn't feel like how they've done it this week is repeatable. Okay. It's funny because they repeated it. You, but... you say that, but... At what point do you just have to acknowledge the Miko effect where things like this just happen no, to him? he's a freak of nature. He, <laughs> he's a magician that can make something out of just about, you know, nothing. He's the Big Bang Theory in a human being. Uh, but he's, like, I'm just saying from a, from a systemic point of view, looking at their five-on-three, you could look at it and just be like, it's not really... It's not really done a lot. It hasn't looked very dangerous. It's scored twice, but... Yeah. All right. So let's compare that to the follow-up power play where I'm actively railing against Gerard on the half wall, <laughs> and then the power play ends, and Gerard immediately makes a great pass to the center of the ice, and Alex Newhook puts a genuinely perfect shot on the net that beats Kakinen. I mean, first of all, how hype can you get on Alex Newhook? And secondly, how do you defend against that? Yeah, I don't... There's not much you can say about the def defending against that, but, you know, he had a great night tonight. Let's put it that way. Like, yep. he, he was all over the place. I thought he played a very, like, well-rounded game. Had a lot of shots on net, I believe. I think it was somewhere in, like, the five range. I'd have to check, but I don't know for sure. Here, I can check too. But yeah, he was, uh, Newhook was playing good tonight. I, I, felt, I felt good about that. Gerard, on the other hand, was like all over the place. And a lot of it was on the, you don't want to see that stuff happen on the ice. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. It's Gerard pretty directly at fault for Minnesota's first goal. But in the meantime, we're still talking about the first period here. And the Avs just played a great quality hockey period. I don't really have any complaints. You even got multiple quality saves from Darcy Kemper, who, you know, before the Greenway event, it, it felt like Kemper's finally starting to come on a little bit for this hockey team. Um, you know, unfortunately, we'll see where things go with Kemper. But and the first period in a vacuum, you take that every night, every period. You, you slam dunk it. The second period, on the other hand. Yeah, they've got to play better. Yeah, just I, I think you're 100% correct. Just you know they're capable of better play than they, and they just have to show it. Yeah, and, and it, I, I don't think that um, I had a bigger problem with the third period than the second period, but I think that's the second fair. the second period they really like that's they really let Minnesota sink their teeth yep. into a game. They hit the cruise and then, control and Minnesota pushed back, right? I and I don't I don't know that I don't know that they hit cruise control. I I just think that they stopped dominating. And okay. some of that is Minnesota. Like some of sure. that it's 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 not always a pushback Colorado. is expected. Yeah, yeah. It's not always Colorado's level drop or something when another team plays plays better hockey uh, because Minnesota got worked. Like they Colorado pretty well speed backed them in period one. <laughs> yeah, and they tried to they tried to knock them out in round one. It didn't work. You know they were woozy. They were knocked down, but they found their legs in in the second period. But I thought that was just a good a good quality period. Uh, you look at it, there really wasn't a whole lot that was dangerous. Uh, their best chance is the one that they scored on 30 seconds in, and it's a play that, for a guy like Sam Gerrard, it's inexcusable yeah. for him to let a guy beat him wide like that. Just cannot yeah. get beat just, to the outside. Full you, stop. As, as, as a guy whose entire profile is as a great skater first and foremost, you can't get beat with your skating. And I know... Fiala is one of the more underrated offensively skilled players in the league, in my opinion, because he has crazy mad puck skill. He's just really, really soft, and he has major engagement issues, which is why he hasn't he hasn't turned into the star that the Preds thought they were going to be or thought that he was going to be. But he, when when he puts his head down and he actually engages a little bit, he's insanely talented. But Gerard just cannot let he, he cannot get beat wide like that. Like even if yep. even if it means that Fiala's gotta make some kind of a move to try and cut back on the inside and do whatever. You can't just fine. let him skate around you. Yeah. yeah, you can't just let him be like, okay, well he just beat he just, just went right around me. Oh well. Alright. That sucks. Yep. And I I don't have a problem with the goal at all. Fiala no, I don't have drags there. it backhand and roofs it. Like, what are you asking Kemper to do there? Gerard just can't give up a what essentially becomes a breakaway because he gets beat. So, and especially coming across with that much speed across the net mouth like that, yeah, like hard for a goalie to track that puck. Definitely, I, yeah, you just need a better defensive effort there. Keep him to the outside at worst. Yeah, um, and like it starts with how does that play start? It starts with a nice save on Burakovsky at one end. Yep, and Colorado in transition, they they were crashing so hard on that scoring chance that when the big rebound got kicked out, it just started transition for them. Like you could, you watch that play. You could easily argue that Kakinen should have had an assist. 
There you go. The goalie assists. They're out there, fam. Uh, we are brought to you by Escape Artists. You can get them over at Lightshade right now. They have a bunch of different options ranging from 1 to 1 CBD content. I believe their high stuff is all the way up to 80 to 1 now. So if you need the... If you need the topical that immediately gives you significant pain relief, hit up Escape Artist at Lightshade, where you can get 25% off with code DNVR. Check out online on their website for pickup at one of their 11 locations in the Denver and Aurora area. It's a great deal. 25% off, buy an ounce, get a quad free. Why not jump on it? It's, it's just a lot of weed for free. That's. Do you know how, like, giddy... 18 year old Rudo would have been if you could get that much weed for free. <laughs> like, come on. It's ridiculous. So go get yourself some THC or CBD over at Lightshade. And then hit up your dentist. Also, 18 year old Rudo wishes he went to the dentist. So, you know, a lot of things you learn when you get a little bit older in life. Green Mountain Dental Group will take care of you. When you get a cleaning, x ray, and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So you can take care of your teeth well at home too. Be sure to check them out. Everyone who switched says they do a great job as their dentist. Cannot recommend them enough. They're a great family run company. So be sure to check them out. Also, if you missed it, Nuggets Party Bus was the other night. Kind of did a huge little takeover thing. Had a big event at, at everything going on. And then you get to come back and party after the game. So... It's a win-win-win. If y'all want something like this for the Avs, let us know. Because it, it seems like it's a great time. And I want y'all to go party at an Avs game. And the, then, yeah. I was talking to a few of the guys, and they were like, yeah, the, the Nuggets lost, but who cares because we had a great night. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You win. And they ripped it up afterwards. You win, it yeah. Like. It sounded like they went pretty hard when they, they got back to the bar. They are the ones that went hard in the paint last night. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to, okay? Somebody had to. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, all right, let's talk about it. Jordan Greenway runs over Darcy Kemper. Uh, you had Rycroft on the Altitude broadcast arguing that this is a suspension-worthy contact between Greenway and uh, Kemper. And then you get the inevitable fight between McDermott and Greenway, which you're gonna, you got the most yeah. bang for your buck you're ever going to get from McDermott out of that fight. But he gets the instigator. There ends up being no power play. Where do you two stand on this one? What... Uh, uh, what should be the result of this play. Should the Avs have been on a power play? Should Greenway get suspended? How can a player like McDermott continue to exist in the league if that's going to get an instigator? Yeah, I mean, that's hard to call right there because, like, the instigator call I don't agree with. This, I mean, the play that happened that Greenway did, it was on purpose. He wasn't pushed in to Kemper at all. Like, he went in, he went in shoulder high looking for that head contact and got it. Now, you expect somebody to answer back on the abs. For sure. So, and it's a fight. If you're not going to let them fight then, when are you going to let them fight? Right? Exactly. And why do you get an instigator for that? Like, it wasn't like he just grabbed him for no reason and started, you know, wailing on the guy. There was plenty of reason to go around. I'm shocked that it was just even Steven after that. 
I I was pretty surprised too. I I thought the Ev should have been on a power play, but AJ watching it from home, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean they were going to get a power play. Um, they'd called a penalty. They called the penalty, but they evened it up with the instigator. Yeah, and, um, and the, so the instigator ended up, and and I think that was where I, it frustrated me because it was like, it, it it's like you've got to. If you're gonna allow guys to defend teammates, if you're gonna keep fighting in hockey, it and where it is, where it is in you know where fighting is in the game right now makes a lot of sense. Where it's mostly to defend dangerous hits. Yep. And like I'm all for the instigator being used when a guy overreacts and goes and fights somebody in the hit. Like like when McDermott pulled that shit the other day when McCarr got hit. And it was a totally clean hit. It wasn't a big deal. Everybody sure. was fine. It was it was nothing. Like better better argument for the instigator in a situation like that, right? But in this one, like especially with a goaltender involved, where players lose their goddamn minds defending <laughs> goalies, like on a regular basis, the, yeah, yeah, on on like the smallest of stuff, like you take an extra jab at a guy, and they tackle you in front of the net. You know, they dox you on the internet. They call your girlfriend names. Like it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Like they go, they go all in defending goalies, and this wasn't. This is as cut and dry as it is. Like Jordan Greenway rolls in, hits Darcy Kemper in the head, in the crease, in the like in the crease without any without any catalyst. no push, no nothing. nothing. Yeah, nothing happened. Like there was nothing that happened. He rolls in there, does what he does, and then not only does he get to play for the in the rest of the game, like he's out there. Guy could have gone out there and scored a, a, a game-winning goal in overtime. Colorado loses their starting goaltender. They lose the power play they were going to get. And I'm like, in no way can you even this up and say that this is even when the 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 crime that the Abs committed is defending their goaltender. Yep. Because you look at it on the other situation. You look at it on the on the other side. Okay. Capo Kakinen is playing out of his mind. What's to stop Curtis McDermott from, from doing skating, the exact same thing? From yeah. skating down the ice, straight up smoking the dude right in the head, knocking him out, and, and then getting a two minute like, minor. Yeah. And then skating away and being like, <laughs> damn, that sucked, huh? <laughs> and now Kakinen gets pulled by the concussion spotter. And if Minnesota chooses to fight McDermott, then you have to even it up. If they don't, then they've not defended their goaltender, which is arguably a bigger crime than anything <laughs> else in hockey. And you and and then and then you choose the power play at that point over defending your goaltender. Like you're having to choose between sticking up for your teammate or going on a power play. And it's like how are you putting how is how are the abs put in that position in that in that spot where what? like they commit an illegal infraction and you decide hey i'm gonna stick up for my guy which is something that like it's like classic hockey code that everybody just lives with right and and i just i i just don't know how you can you can look at that situation and be like oh yeah that should be evened up it's, and then I'm, Colorado has to play with their backup the rest of the game. I mean, beyond oh, beyond Greenway just getting two minutes and evening it up, 
Greenway gets two minutes, and the Avs are now staring down the barrel of not knowing when their starting goaltender is going to play right. again. Plus, they're now at five defensemen for the next 15 minutes. Yep. Imagine bizarro abs where no one sticks up for him. What kind of message does that send through the locker room, right? Like, right. Like, like nobody goes and fights that guy because they're like, well, hey, we really wanted the power play, Darcy. <laughs> well, and, if, you're, and, if you're Kemper, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that was McDermott's best fight so far. He clocked Greenway in that fight. Like, oh, that's, dude, he beat the shit out of yeah. him. Yeah, like, that he, first hit, like that first punch connected to like, you saw. There was a tent there. Like, Jordan Greenway is a big guy, and he's a tough guy who plays who plays a rough brand of hockey. And he got force fed. Some <laughs> <laughs> so where's where's the balance fall in a game like this? Because you get that fight from McDermott, and you're like, yes, that is exactly what you want from Curtis McDermott. But it ends up canceling a power play. Yeah, and I gave then, him an A in the grades. It, okay, you gave him the A. But yeah. on the flip side, not only is he off the ice, and you're playing five D for fifteen minutes. Did he have a shift in the third period of this hockey game where it's a close game and the Avs are trying to win? Did he have a single one? Like, genuinely, I don't remember seeing him in the third period. I mean, his time on ice was 4 minutes, 26 seconds. As a defenseman. As a defenseman. Yikes. And that's, you know, it's, that's not McDermott's fault. That's a no. strategical coaching decision that they choose not to put him out there. No. But he was also in the box for quite a few minutes. Yeah, as well. and, and, and that but no, is they did not play him. And by the t- of course, by the time he gets done serving, he's out with ten minutes yeah. left in the third. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. The game is totally different at that point. You're for not sure. Yeah. Him but it's just tough that you can't play him in a tie game. Essentially, <laughs> you cannot play him. Yeah, he did not have another shift after that. By the way, so. You got your value out of him tonight, and I'm still sitting here questioning, was it worth it? Yeah. I don't like him on defense, Yeah, which is hilarious. It's like when he's up on the fourth line, it's like you can live with him up there, especially when things like that happen tonight. Yeah, yeah. totally. Well, and when when your fourth line plays as poorly as it did, uh, you know, you're looking at it and you're like, you're not – you don't give a shit about Kiefer Sherwood and Mikhail Maltsev. The, the fourth line was just a non-factor, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, they did nothing combined, so, yeah. Yep. Pretty much sums up that side of it. So, unfortunately, Kemper goes out. Look, obviously going to assume a concussion, given he got pulled by the spotters, and he didn't return, but... Yeah, and I, I was wondering if even had he been cleared if he would go back in after a while because we saw with the, the skate issue earlier um, they gave the rest of that game to Jonas Johansson because yeah, he was yeah. in and he was into it and it was just like this is just his game now um, so I thought I, I assumed Franzos was going to play the rest of the game but for Kemper to not even come back to the to the bench yeah. is like hopefully they're just being cautious but yeah those aren't good signs when yeah, you don't well, see them it, Those are it, not good signs when you have a back-to-back in two days. Yeah, it's definitely concerning with Kemper specifically, right? Because you already know he missed a week earlier in the season by taking a puck to the mask. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a Jonas Johansson bridge anymore. Yep, right. It's either Hunter Miska or Eustace Annan, and that's next up in line. Yeah. Yep. They both have the same number of wins in an Avs jersey, by the way. 
Uh, okay. Moving on. Um, all right. So the Avs get through the second period up one despite the early goal. Let, let's start with Frankie here because the dude comes in cold in the middle of the second period and really plays a damn quality game. I don't have really any problem with the way Frankie played tonight. So credit to him for jumping in and getting the job done ultimately for the Avs. By the way, still hasn't given up a shootout goal in his career. <laughs> How many goalies can say that? That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, even before the shootout started, we were talking like, oh, well, that's going to end tonight. Yeah, I was like, certainly Caprizov <laughs> will score on him at yeah. least, right? Like, But no. Yeah, he played a solid game. Yeah. So credit. I mean, Go ahead. think about it on paper. Uh, Zuccarello, Fiala, and Kaprizov is kind of a nasty trio yeah. to start yeah. a shootout. I didn't, I didn't really think too much about it as they were going into it, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's and, actually kind of sick." And you know, and, and Frankie, I think he got a little bit of help on the first one. Fired it right into his pad, had yeah. him, had him pretty beat. But yeah. on Zuccarello and Kaprizov, he made great a saves. So, uh, it's been a minute since the Avs have had a reliable backup. I'll put it that way, all right? One that they can trust a little bit. So, if nothing else, it feels like you can trust Frankie. Uh, you take that side of it for sure. Uh, getting into the third period here. Uh, at what point... Do you start being concerned about the Avs' ability to hold a one-goal lead? Because you'll remember at, in the early parts of this season, that was something they were really struggling with, too. You know, in this, in this middle section, they've kind of just blown teams out. And in the new year, they've spent most of their time coming back from de deficits. So is there any concern there that they're not holding close leads very well? I mean, the trend is not a good trend to have, right? Like, obviously, you want to be able to get up, get the lead, and then just hold the lead throughout the game, finish games off, right? Just kind of end it. But, I mean, if you're looking at it right now, before the playoffs, it's great experience for them to learn how to come back, win a game, right? Like, you, you just don't want to see them get into this rhythm for a lot longer. I mean, it, and it feels like every game right now is like them coming back, right? Because... Mainly it has been, except for what the Arizona game was one of them where they didn't have to come back. Yeah. There was a shutout. Yeah, so. the, the five nothing <laughs> win. And then even the Today. seven one win they, they had to come back in technically. But But we've talked about it before, like different ways to win. Like the Avs didn't have that last year. And True. it seems like this year they're showing you, Hey, look, we can blow teams out, we can hang with teams, and we can also come back from deficits and, and win games. All right. This game, I guess, wasn't a deficit, but... They never trailed, no. but they did Let the team blow a 2-0 lead and then a 3-2 yeah. lead later yeah. in the game. So, could have been better on holding the leads. Yes. We'll put it that way. It felt pretty predictable they were going to blow that 3-2 lead, too. It, because it, part of it was that because the review process and how it got It scored, took so you know, long. It yeah. took such a long time that any of the natural momentum that they would have gotten, the adrenaline boost is gone after five minutes. I mean, it just yeah. wears off, right? Um, I guess we, we, could, we should have a conversation about that goal because it was kind of goofy. Yep, yep. I was just about to get to that. Uh, on, the, on the watch along, 
myself in the chat was very convinced that it was a goal and was also very convinced that the NHL was going to get it wrong. <laughs> so we were pleasantly surprised that they did, in fact, call it a goal. Uh, I don't think... Uh, I think anyone watching the play is very confident that the puck entirely crossed the goal line. I don't think anyone would deny that, but the conversation is, do you actually know where the puck is? So... I don't know. What are, what are your two takes on it? That. Okay. <laughs> Unless I think that's like, I think that sums it up, man. Yeah. Like that the you don't you don't ever actually see the puck itself on the replay, but you have a pretty good idea of where it is, especially because this is where I wish altitude would have had more had angles more and attention. Yeah. yeah. But when when the puck popped out, it popped out at the top of the skate. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, if that's where the puck has been this entire time, it's in the back scored, of the net. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've they've accidentally scored fucking four times because the lights <laughs> been going in and out. You know, like it was, uh, it, it was it was to the point where like it was it became the only way that because of how his leg his whole leg goes into the net, the only way it's not a goal is if the puck had gone all the way up his pad yeah. to his knee. <laughs> and then come all the way down his pad and popped back out. And you're like, uh, that's the only way. Like, you you can't, you, you and, and so when you actually are watching, especially the overhead, like, there isn't an angle. And But I would be willing to bet that the NHL, because it always comes out later that the NHL has some, like, secret angle yeah. right oh my god cameras hidden it, in the ice and shit yeah, yeah where you can clearly see it and you're like oh shit there it is yeah <laughs> unless but, you're yeah go ahead yeah like like they you may not have been able to clearly see exactly where the puck was but you're like there's no way his whole leg is in there like if his leg was just right there on the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> there would have been a conversation yeah. But because his entire leg ended up there, it was like it doesn't even matter where the puck is at this point. It's very, it's very, very, very clearly a goal. Uh, and my favorite was watching Minnesota fans on social media be like, "The only way you can tell if that's a goal is if you use logic." And it was <laughs> <laughs> well, I used logic, so Did you really it's a just goal. Dunk on yourself that badly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the only th other thing i was gonna say is like you'd have to either be a uh chris angel to basically <laughs> pull this off and be like is this your puck because it's not in the back of the net because there was no way that puck didn't cross the line aj's about to make a david blaine reference <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i i don't think it takes a brilliant mind to figure out that that puck was clearly in the yeah. net i'm glad i think the refs got the call correct I, I have no problem if every goal from now on forever is like, okay, we know the puck went in, so let's just call it a goal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's fine. I'm fine with that. Well, it looks like that one replay that we that we saw, it looked like the puck crossed the line. That was like the only one where you're like, oh, yeah. wow, you can see the puck actually there crossed the line. There was that the like reverse angle yeah. where it's like, that sure looks like it went into the net. <laughs> um, but in either case... Make sure you get some yourself some Breckenridge Brewery because what makes you want to drink more than NHL refereeing <laughs> decisions? I had a few today. 
Yeah. Video, video reviews, I tell you. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. No kidding. You can get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar, or, of course, you can get it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find the local liquor store near you that has whatever flavor you might want. You can also get Strava Craft Coffee down at the bar. Go check them out. Cold Brew, if you like them, you can get 25% off your first purchase with code DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. And when you get their subscription service, you get 25, rather 20% off every single order. They got regular coffee beans. They got the K-Cups. It's infused with the CBD, so it helps with migraines, joint pain, IBS, other stuff like that. So be sure to jump on that. Go check them out today. They've been a very long sponsor of us. Do that. I, I already mentioned it, but come down to the bar. It's a great place to catch a hockey game. It's always fun to have one down here. When we do our watch parties, the place is bumping. You have a bunch of Avs fans to chat up hockey with and have a grand old time. Highly recommend it. it you just got to experience it if you haven't yet. Certainly for big games. It, it's yeah. when, they, when they play somebody like Vegas or a good team to get up against, this is the place to be, you know, Second to Ball Arena when they're at home, <laughs> for sure. But beyond that, this is the place to be. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So the Avs get up 3-2 late in the third. It gets down to goalie pull time. It, it was Landeskog, I believe, that failed to clear the puck. It's a great pass to Matt yeah. Zuccarello. Right to his <laughs> stick, baby. Man. Right to his stick. Yeah. They throw it in deep. Taze gets a stick on the, the pat shot pass down low and, and deflects it, but it's not enough. It drops right to Kaprizov, and it's a tie game. Yeah. it. Uh, that was one where you were just like, dude, they've already got an insane goaltender today. They've already gotten three posts. Today. Certainly, at least two. Uh, now, now we're now. Now you're giving them the bounce of all bounces to tie this thing up. Like, ugh, good lord! <laughs> it was just, it was, it was just frustrating. Yep. Especially in the time of the game as well. Like that's just an awful time to tie it up as well. Yep. You feel like the game should be in hand for the end. Well, and you point. didn't even really get into the like the whole song and dance of trying to close it out and icing the puck and, you know, the, the art of the change and trying to balance the empty net. Like they win the face off Landy, Landy fails to clear and they score immediately. And it was like, all right, well, that was the end of that. I mean, we didn't even really get into the third period at all. Right? Like, yes, the abs ended up scoring that goal, but the majority of the third period, the abs were, kind of getting dominated as far as puck possession is concerned yeah they got they got outplayed more in the third period and some of that is score effects up until the tie game sure um and and then like once it got tied though i thought they played pretty well like not not great by any means but they were limiting uh the the quality against and they it was really like the top line at that point was the only one that was doing anything remotely notable offensively. Yeah. Um, but you knew, you also knew it was like before, before that, before Landy made that mistake there, you knew he, he made a number of mental errors late in the game today where you're just like, God, it doesn't happen often, 
But every so often, Landeskog has these games where it just seems like he can't make the right play or the right decision. Nothing seems to be going well. Like he gets he gets out in a, a two-on-one chance and can't make any kind of a play with the puck and turns it over. And it just it just was not it was very clearly like not his day. He did not look comfortable. He made a lot of poor decisions. It was it it's and that's just not a guy that, that plays games like that very often. Uh, and yep. you know, you look at Logan O'Connor was the same way. Logan O'Connor was fucking bad today. Like you, bad. You'll get like no that, argument from me on that one. You the the second Minnesota goal, like dude, comfort too. Clear a puck, my man. Yeah. Yep. Like that little the cute little tap and let's try and get out in transition and like know the game situation and you gotta move that way. Yeah. Uh Unfortunately, there were quite a few lapses between the second and third periods from this Colorado team. I think and the third goal. I agree with you. There's a lot of bad luck going into that one, but yeah, and it, well, I mean, there's bad luck at the end, but it starts with just a right. bad play by Landis. Like, he lifts he that puck right four on... inches off the ice, and it's not a problem, right? Well, like, if he goes, if if so, Zuccarello's left-handed on the right wall. So just go up the boards. Yeah. Exactly. If he just goes high off the glass, it's out. Even if he ices it, doesn't ice it, doesn't really matter. If he goes high and off the glass, which is like a classic thing that Blaze is teaching high school kids. <laughs> you know, like this is this is like low hockey level stuff yeah. here. Uh, then that puck gets out and it doesn't end up in the back. There's no chance for a bad bounce to hit to hurt you then. Yeah, high but and hard. Instead, <laughs> in, instead he it, it was like he didn't understand that Zuccarello was the guy and he just... Because I don't mind that play if there's a right-handed defenseman or a right-handed player standing there and he makes that play. That guy has to flip all the way around and make that play on his backhand. It's a way more impressive play than putting it right on Zuccarello's stick. Has to do the old Tyson Berry choke way up on the stick, reverse. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, he has to actually make a play on it. And instead, uh. he puts it right on Zuccarello's stick, and he just throws it at the net. He doesn't yep. try and score. He's not trying to pick a spot. There was nothing cute about it. He literally just threw it at the net. It was it was spray and pray, and it worked. Like, it paid off. Yeah, it, it did. Um, all right, moving into the overtime. Have, have we finally arrived? Have the Avs finally solved three-on-three <laughs> overtime? I, I mean, they look they look wildly different. Than, or even earlier in the year when they blew the yeah. Ottawa game. Like they 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 seem way to more controlled. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to they're not they're not just letting guys spring freely defensively. Yeah. Um and they're they're being patient and they're looking for different spots. I think I think that they're still too too comfortable taking shots that are available yeah. in five on five, but I agree. In, in three on three are not nearly as good a scoring chance. Um, but I will take I, I will take the way that they have played. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, about the pro- that. the progressions there. Without right? any like, real issues. Yeah, I mean, no, there's no still some real thing. compliance here. <laughs> there's still First some things that they was. need to clean up, right? Like you you see a few things where like you're talking about like they're trying to pressure the puck in, but a lot of the times they were deferring going back and like just kind of regrouping to see what they could do. They did let a high scoring chance 
develop on the other side. Um, did Frankie hit yeah, that with the got a, tip of his stick I, I, I to save that? Like it it yeah, did look like I it. I think he did. That was unreal. Um, but, yeah. it, you know, it's pretty funny. You're starting to see this schism in, in the players that get it and players that don't. Yeah. How many times did we see Migo say, screw it, I'm circling back in this three-on-three? Yeah. As opposed to both Mac and Kadri, who said, "Fuck it, I'm shooting." <laughs> yeah. So and and good point. You know, it's not that those were the worst quality opportunities or anything, but they weren't the super high grade opportunities that you yeah. want to get in a three on three. Um, but ultimately, the Avs survived in what is like is is three on three dead? Has has the NHL actually managed to coach fun out of three on three overtime? Uh, if the players play it the way that the coaches want, yes. <laughs> fair but enough. You still get you still get guys who go out there and yolo it, and like I mean, do you think Dean Evison loves that Dmitry Krulikov comes like rolling down four seconds into overtime, <laughs> and is like, yeah, sure, I'll take this shot. And it's like Dmitry Krulikov has like six goals in the last eight years in the <laughs> NHL, and you're like. What the fuck, dude? K- Kirill Kaprizov is 10 feet behind you. Just pull up and wait for that guy. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I, that, that's, that's one where you're, I, I just think that they, uh, you know, if, if the players are playing the super conservative way that the coaches want, yeah, I think it's probably not great. But um, I still love watching three on three. I still think it's fun. Um, some of that is probably just the pain that the abs have brought that have, have turned it into the last couple of years yeah. where I'm just like, eh, it's kind of wild. This is, <laughs> this is, you don't really know what to expect in abs three on three, because there's always a chance that Colorado just has a insane brain fart and does something unbelievably stupid that creates exciting hockey. Or you get the Kale McCarr highlight where yeah. Yeah. Their talent steps to the moment. Abs just, just like, as wild, just as likely to make an all-world play as they are yeah. to make a kindergarten-level play. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like the abs in particular are wild about that shit. <laughs> you watch, you watch your average three-on-three, and they're not nearly. As they're not, they're not super exciting. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But. They did a great job. I mean, they did. They they got they got the one break that they needed with uh, Fiala missing the open net. Yep. Um, uh, look, at the end of the day, I think the Avs' best players were their best players in this one. McKinnon ends up with a three-point yeah. night, gets his 600th point of his career, um, is, is still chilling over a point per game now officially in his career. And then we have our king of the game in Miko Rantanen, who ends up with a really? with, go ahead, Miko, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're going with Miko. <laughs> he look, he has a two point night, and then he gets the shootout game winning goal. What are you, what are you gonna say about him? I would like to see him play better hockey. <laughs> look, we can ask him to play better hockey every single night, but if he scores two points every single night, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna say? Fair enough. He just keeps doing it, and it, and it doesn't have to make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't look pretty, but it just keeps happening. Leon Dreisaitl won a heart trophy by being that guy for for an entire year. So, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you know, the shootout itself I thought was really quite interesting. We already we already gave Frankie his credit on that yeah. side. But do you think there was a book on Kakin in there, AJ? Both McKinnon and Miko tried to go five hole. Miko obviously succeeded. Is is that um, something they saw or is that just coincidence? Yeah, I think it's probably something that they were comfortable going after at the start of it. Where they okay. they said, Hey, we think this is gonna be open and then they thought it was. So you know, I'm I think it was probably just a good pre scout. It was effective anyway. I mean Miko. Yeah. It worked. It definitely worked. Because um, right right now, what's your pre-scout on Francois say if you get into the shootout? Uh, pray. <laughs> yeah, shoot, right. shoot high. Like, over the path. Like, <laughs> arguably, his biggest weakness as a goaltender is his tendency to give up fat rebounds, and in a shootout, those don't matter. True. And he wasn't giving up fat rebounds today during the game either. He was controlling mm. the puck pretty well. I, I started writing grades about five minutes into the third, and I had Frankie tentatively put down as a C because I didn't think he'd been great. I didn't think he'd been bad. Um, and then, obviously, that grade just went, bum, 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 <laughs> as, the, as things just kept going on. Yeah. It, Frankie's always an interesting goaltender. He's complicated, right? Um, and I I really have no complaints with what he did in the crease tonight. <laughs> I know he loves to play the puck, but yes. woo, woo, boy! Frankie. I did, I did like that whiff in overtime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes out to play it, and he just straight up missed it. It was like <laughs> <laughs> not the best look. The not the never best gonna look have on a, that a one for sure. He's good at playing the puck. Um, so as we're kind of wrapping things up here, there were a couple of things I wanted to see. One. What do the Avs look like against another quality team, particularly one where it wasn't a Toronto nonsense game where they come back from 4-1 and all this craziness? And two, as the game developed, they let Minnesota hang around. I think that's a given. I don't think that's a positive. But they let a good team hang around, and they still got the job done. They found a way to win. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that is that good teams have tendencies to hang around. True. That's, uh, That's why they're good. Because they give themselves a chance to win, right? Yeah. Look at look at the Evs during all those yeah. comeback games. Like that's a good team that just sort of found a way to not get buried in a game, and you know just kind of had the tiger blood, and it worked out for them. And you know we've seen with Minnesota. I'm not a hundred percent on the numbers, but I know that Minnesota has played a lot. Of games beyond regulation. Yeah. They, so they their were number of one goal games is like outrageous. So yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely a good quality game and another one where the Avs get the W. I mean, I every night you're not gonna have a perfect game. You're gonna have nitpicks or maybe outright problems with some of the issues going on for a hockey team, but you won. So that's the whole point, right? It's not that much more complicated than that sometimes. Can't disagree with that. There we go. So, Blaze, any final thoughts? 
Um, I've been hooked in the hands a lot. <laughs> I have never fallen like that because I've oh been hooked in the hands. God, Golagoski <laughs> just oh, sending it. Dude, now you want to talk about a fucking dive. <laughs> I saw a bunch of Minnesota people being like, Darcy Cumber dove, and it was like, blow it out your ass. <laughs> but the, the Golagoski thing was like, you, you, like, how do you watch that and not just be like, it's embarrassing bro what? <laughs> like first of all like miko what are you doing like what are you doing stop being stupid but also buddy <laughs> dude i love i actually love that the, those little things that you do throughout a game just to get a, under somebody's skin right like you just kind of use your stick here and there and, a little poke a little, yeah, a little touch a little few things here and there they add up and then somebody explodes because of it they just can't take it any longer usually <laughs> it's like a bad penalty and not a line. what's that they said or he just falls down at the blue line <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I wish that would have been a no call too because yeah. it, the yeah. way the play developed is he eats shit and then McKinnon is screaming in right on his side of the blue line and it's like, oh, here we go. But no. I think that's why yeah. they called it though. Probably. Too. Yeah. Um That was a that was another one where it was like um, I I hate that they call a penalty and embellishment because I'm like, this isn't interference. You weren't gonna yep. call interference until this guy threw himself on the ice and <laughs> Agreed. was like and then you decided that it was suddenly a penalty. Damn. Yeah, I hate it too. I hate and it it's too. just like, which one is the penalty? Which which one? It was it can't it, be uh, the same thing when McKinnon got high sticked in the third period. Yep, and got called for holding his arm because I went back specifically to see when the arm goes up, and the arm goes up immediately upon the high stick. He's not calling the holding, but it felt like it. That felt like. This is a close game. We can't give the abs a fifth power play uh, while the wild are still sitting at whatever they were like one or two at and, the time. Like and that was a hold though. Yeah. I, I, I don't <laughs> I mean, I, it, I, I don't take his hand off his stick and put it across his body. Like, like the abs got away with a lot of holding today. Yeah. I, uh, I thought there were multiple times where I was like, again, you don't have a problem not, with the hold, right? You have a problem with the, he saw the hold. He actively yeah, decided not yeah. to call it. Exactly. Like he was not going to call that. He was just going to let it be. And then when McKinney got high sticked, he was like, yes, both of you. Yeah. Okay. We do have one super chat to get to $5 from Sean. Thank you very much. Holy moly. My heart. Glad to see us come <laughs> out on top, but we got to do better. Also, if Kadri did what Greenway did, it'd be a 15 game suspension. Uh, I think there's a suspension. Yeah. I think it's going to be really, really hard to justify no supplemental discipline yeah. at all on that play. I, I don't, I don't know where your argument begins. There's nobody pushes him into it. You can't make an argument that he even tried to avoid it. Uh, he just, he just clipped him. Yeah, yeah. He just rolls in and hits him in the head. I mean, it's, it's not like he rolls. It's, it's not like he goes in and like you know, suplexes him or anything, but he clearly just goes in and hits him in the head. Uh, totally of his own volition. And I'm just like, um, what? Like, this is a very, it feels like a very, very obvious suspension coming yeah. to me. 
Well, especially with Kemper not coming back into the game as well, like that yeah. has to kind of play into the decision making. Yeah, injury yep. the the injury factor always looms in supplemental discipline. Yeah, yeah, I, I we'll see. I'm never gonna put my faith in the Department of Player Safety, <laughs> but no, to totally true. I just <laughs> when I look at this one, it feels it just feels really really cut and dry. Whereas some of the other things that we've We've watched the abs go through with supplemental stuff this year. I think there was a lot of area for discussion. Yeah. This, this one is just like, he's untouched. And he just skates into a goalie and hits him in the head. What the fuck are we doing? Away from the puck. Like, way like, more. Yeah, like, as, as upset with I was with a Jacob Truba hit on McKinnon earlier in the year. This one is blatantly more cut and dry than that one will ever be. So like, and, then, and again, like a hockey play versus a non-hockey play, right? Because Greenway's not doing anything. There isn't anything about the actual play itself. He's not chasing that, a puck. He's not holding a puck. Kemper's not really doing anything yeah. in the play besides standing in his crease. Right. Like, Kemper's Kemper's not outside of his crease. Um, he's not getting Greenway's not being pushed. He's not in a battle for anything. He just skates into him. And it looks like he goes up. It looks like he's targeting too, because it, you know, right before he hits him, he goes up high. Like yeah. he, he kind of elevates himself to get up there. Kemper's not a small dude. He is not. <laughs> Neither <laughs> is Greenway. True. No, that's true. Neither is McDermott. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I do wonder, like, is this going to be like Ryan Lindgren all all over again, where the suspension just got beat out of him? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Because we all remember, like, the yeah. uh, Nazem Kadri just beat the brakes off of Ryan Lindgren after he smoked Donskoy in New Lindgren York. Lindgren did end up missing games for that, though, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, he missed exactly two. Yeah. A suspiciously perfect number. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going we're gonna to wrap up for the day. Thank you, chat, for hanging out. We appreciate all of you so, so very much. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock with a off-day show talking about who knows what, but we hope to see yeah, you all there. Friday is the day this week. That, that we're we off Friday? Be, yeah, that we will not be on. There you go. It's because we got a game on Saturday. So yep. We'll be off Friday, but you'll see us tomorrow. You'll see pregame, postgame on Wednesday. We hope to see you all there for all of our shows. We love you. We'll talk to you on the next one.